AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for June 26th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you guys may be, man. Monday Night Raw in the books. Another ho-hum show, another lazy, effortless, soulless, vanilla Monday Night Raw that was a struggle to sit through for three hours. We had to watch real wrestling on Sunday night, only to be given more garbage by WWE on Monday. A lot of people are going to be blinded by this show, man. A lot of people are going to be blinded by this show. They're going to sit there and they're going to cry to everybody else who's trying to protect them with honesty and truth about Vince McMahon being back in charge. You're hearing it a little bit more, a little bit more every single week. We'll get into that in just a second. But a lot of people are going to be blinded by this show. After reports came out, there were two reports in general. People trying to convince Vince McMahon to stop changing creative plans at the last minute. Then there was another report right before Monday Night Raw went on the air that Vince McMahon's fingerprints were going to be all over this show on Monday night, which they were. And I say a lot of people are going to be blinded by tonight's show because when you look at the show... You're going to see a lot of what Triple H would have did. We got Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Love Ricochet. Ricochet is great. One of the more undervalued talents in the business is Ricochet. Ricochet versus Nakamura, Nakamura, man, seems like an NXT match looking at it on paper, right? You would think that Triple H would love to get those two guys in the ring together because it brings back a sense of that black and gold to the main roster. They've been feuding for, what, three weeks now, four weeks? This little back and forth with Bronson Reed. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's going nowhere. Neither guy's going to win money in the bank. It's only garbage given to us on TV to fill a segment on Monday Night Raw so that we can get to the pay-per-view. Other than that, it means nothing. Even though Ricochet is fucking great. I love Ricochet. But it ultimately means nothing. We've been seeing this for three, four weeks now. So this isn't really a Triple H thing. Oh my God, we got Ricochet Nakamura. That's got to be a Triple H thing. It's takeover. Takeover worthy. We've been getting it for the last month. How takeover worthy can it be? How much Triple H can it be? It's not. It's not. It's Vince McMahon basically following the fucking dialogue, getting this shit into London for money in the bank. 
Then we got Gunther and Sami Zayn. That's a great match, right? On any night. Nobody should complain about that one, right? I thought what they did was very good on, on television tonight. Very good TV match. I think they could do better, obviously, if there was more at stake and it was a big fight feel and a big match on pay-per-view. I obviously think that they could do even better than what they gave us tonight on TV. But it's not breaking any fucking ground. Ah, that's a Triple H match, says the geek online. Yes. Yes, it could be. It could be looked at as that. But Imperium's been feuding with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for two months now. Ever since WrestleMania ended, they've been feuding with Imperium. It's hardly breaking any ground. It follows the same formula that WWE has done with Vince McMahon throughout the years. Tag team match, challengers lose. Then the challengers somehow get a rematch, and then they lose again. And then we just see a ring around the rosy myriad of TV matches. Kevin Owens versus Gunther. Kevin Owens versus Kaiser. Sami Zayn versus uh, Giovanni Vinci. Sami Zayn versus Gunther. The, the fucking Ferris wheel in the background goes round and round and round. It's the same shit. All the time with Vince McMahon, but I don't expect the fucking blithering idiot with the fucking three followers on Twitter to get what I'm talking about because they don't know any better. Yes, we got a a good match between Sami Zayn and Gunther, but it follows the formulaic direction that WWE always gives us on television, and it's nothing new. You're looking at it as if Triple H did it. He didn't. He didn't. Vince McMahon just, he doesn't know any better, and he gives us basically what he can, again, to get by to the pay-per-view. Then we got Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest in the main event. Great. Great. Cody Rhodes got to run through all of Judgment Day before he gets to Dominic. Wow, Dominic Mysterio, man. Have you ever seen anything so forced In WWE. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Before that, how much more can they do to Cody to ruin this guy's mystique? A match against Dominic does nothing for this viewer. It's probably going to pop the marks online. It's going to pop the geeks online. Oh, Dominic's going to be over and there's going to be so much heat in London for Dominic. It's great. He's a pro wrestler. He should be getting a fucking heel heat every time he comes out. You're praising the fucking kid as if he's the second coming of fucking Jesus Christ out there. Great. I can't tell which part of it is manufactured and which part of it is real anymore. And WWE, man, oh my God. They are just over the top nauseating with this shit. Every single thing that somehow is cool... WWE seems to run it into the ground. I'm over the fucking boo. Dominic getting booed out of the building. I'm over it. I'm over it. And he's standing there with the microphone. He can't fucking speak because the crowd is booing him out of the building. Great. 
It was fun the first three fucking times you did it. Now, every single time they're going to play, that's his thing now. That's his thing now. Not being able to cut a promo because the heel heat is too loud for Dominic Mysterio. That died three weeks ago, four weeks ago. They just continuously run it into the ground. I don't really pop for it anymore. We see it every fucking week. How cool can it be if we see it every week? If I served you fucking pizza seven days a week, this may be a bad example because I could probably eat pizza seven days out of the fucking week. If I gave you some bland chicken dinner every single night, seven days a week, you'd probably be asking me, JD, Chef JD, can I get a fucking bowl of pasta? Can I get something? Can I get some vegetables with this shit? Can I get some steak? Can I get Mexican? How about some Chinese? How about some Greek? Maybe some fucking Mediterranean? Something. You want to hear the same shit every fucking week, multiple times a week? How fucking cool is it going to be if they continuously jam it down your fucking throat? Just like, oh, 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 every fucking week. I'm over it. It's not cool anymore. Running it into the ground. And I'm supposed to care about Dominic and Cody Rhodes, right? What is it doing for Cody, they ain't doing anything for Cody. If I don't see Brock Lesnar aid in Dominic winning on Saturday afternoon, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I don't. It's a waste of my fucking time. Yeah, but the geeks online, oh, Dominic's getting heat. Oh, Seth Rollins is over. Oh, my God, he's so great. I'm just looking at this shit, and I'm like, oh God, I don't believe I got to watch this shit for three fucking hours. Really. Then we get Carmelo Hayes. Then we get Carmelo Hayes getting called up to Monday night tonight. He's not called up officially to the main roster, but they called him up tonight to sit in the front row on Monday Night Raw. Unlucky to be him. He's got to be invited to this fucking shit show called Raw. He's sitting in the crowd. He's thanking Seth Rollins. Right, he's appreciating Seth Rollins, and Rollins is thanking him for saving him on Tuesday against Finn Balor after his match with Braun Breaker. They call this poor fucking guy up to lose, and what do you think they do? They put him in a match against Finn Balor. He's the NXT champion, mind you. They put him in a match against Finn Balor, and he loses clean. He loses clean. When was the last time the NXT champion got called up to the main roster? And he was the champion and lost clean. If I remember correctly, that was Karrion Cross, who lost in three fucking minutes. Maybe less than that. To then Jeff Hardy, who was a WWE superstar. Now, but I got fucking low IQ, the IQ of a fucking pencil, geeks, online telling me, Oh, well, this was a, this was a good showcase, J.D. I don't know why you show up shit about it. Well, I don't know. He's the fucking NXT champion. Do championships mean anything to anybody in this fucking company? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't he have a fucking match with Baron Corbin on Tuesday night? I'm sorry. The guy lost clean. As far as I'm concerned, the way that I see it, Carmelo Hayes is a fucking loser. Oh, but he, he shouldn't be beating Finn Balor on TV. Maybe don't book him against the number one fucking contender for the world heavyweight title that's happening to be wrestling Seth Rollins on Saturday afternoon. Or maybe don't book him in a match at all. You people are fucking poisoned, man. It's fucking sad. 
It really, it really is sad. You're so fucking poisoned. The majority of the fucking people are so conditioned to think the way that you think because Vince McMahon has made you that way. And then when you get somebody like me who wants to fucking call the shit out that you're watching as, well, this is not right. That's wrong. This could be done better. I'm the fucking bad guy. Champions shouldn't lose. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Seth Rollins didn't lose since he won the championship, right? You're going to put Rollins in a non-title match and have him lose? Guarantee you, you'd be the first fucking person complaining to me. Would Roman Reigns ever wrestle on TV and lose in a non-title match? Would MJF ever lose clean in a non-title match? You fucking break. I guess the rules don't apply to somebody like Carmelo Hayes. Why? Because Vince doesn't give a fuck about Carmelo Hayes. Triple H is high on Carmelo Hayes. Shawn Michaels is high on Carmelo Hayes. Vince doesn't give a shit about Carmelo Hayes. I don't know what you guys need me to tell you. Champions shouldn't lose on television. And if you want to feature him in a showcase match, maybe book him against somebody else. Additionally, why didn't we show this same effort towards Braun Breaker, who had a championship match against Seth Rollins? Meanwhile, we get Carmelo Hayes on the fucking main roster, wrestling Finn Balor, which made no sense whatsoever. But Braun Breaker's got a match against Seth Rollins, and all this guy did was cut some fucking very formulaic promo on Monday night, trying to act very heelish because Vince McMahon doesn't want him to be overexcited. I'm going to turn Braun Breaker into an android just like everybody else on the main roster and give him scripted promos, ruining his character and taking his charisma away. Braun Breaker should have attacked Seth Rollins, not Finn Balor. Why didn't we give Braun Breaker some shine on Monday Night Raw, but we give Carmelo Hayes some shine to have him lose against the number one contender who he himself can't fucking lose? Maybe don't book the fucking match! Or is that too difficult for you fucking idiots to understand? I don't know. I don't know, man. I, listen, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Every single time I come on here, man, this is, my, this is my outlet, man. You people piss me the fuck off on social media, and this is my fucking therapy, man. I come on here, and I fucking salivate trying to make what I do here make sense so that I can sit here and make you all look fucking stupid. It fucking it excites me to no end. It really does. There are people who agree with me. There are people who don't agree with me. I'm glad those people are not booking the fucking show. No, you're not smart. No, you're not getting one over on me. No, you can't do what I do. Fuck off. Fuck off. I never said Carmelo Hayes was buried. I never said Carmelo Hayes didn't have a good showcase. I never said anything negative about Carmelo Hayes. He is a world champion. He should not be losing a non-title match clean on television. It is not that difficult to understand. Not that difficult to understand. Seriously. 
You should all know me by now. Car it's like it's like you people think that. Oh my god, JD's complaining about Carmelo Hayes. Every single time it has happened over the past seven years, I called out creative decisions like that. And you want to sit there and zing me on this instance? Why? Because it's Carmelo Hayes? Every time I say it, every time, it doesn't matter who the fuck it is. It could be Carmelo Hayes. It could be fucking Rhea Ripley. It could be some no-name fucking schmuck on the main roster. Akira Tozawa could be the fucking Intercontinental Champion. I don't want him to lose a single match as Intercontinental Champion. Until he loses the title. Again, it's not that difficult to process. Ridiculous. Monday Night Raw, some decent in-ring action, but very dull, very bland, no real direction. It's just like, hey, we're three hours of television. Come watch me and feel unexcited about things that are going on right now, but we got a pay-per-view on Saturday afternoon. Great. You got a pay-per-view on Saturday afternoon that I have very little interest in. It's great to be a WWE fan. They have produced... Garbage television coming out of WrestleMania. And there's one reason for that, and it's Vince McMahon. Thank you guys for joining me on the show tonight. We're going to get into uh, what happened on Monday Night Raw tonight. I had to let that out, man. I had to let that out of my system, bro. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are 150 subscribers away from the next landmark of 147,000 subscribers. I would really appreciate you guys hit that subscribe button, man. Become a part of the OTS family. Where we are always honest, always upfront, and always genuine, no matter what, man. It's part of the reason why I probably am not at 500,000, because nobody wants honesty anymore. You all want what you want, and you all want to uh, fucking pretend like everything's all right. It's not. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 562 likes. No less than a thousand minimum is accepted here. None. Hit that thumbs up. Super Chats are open. Get them on in tonight. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. Memberships are open. Channel members always being accepted here on the podcast. Become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. Go check out all the other contents on the channel. We were very busy this weekend, man. Live on Friday with SmackDown. Live on Saturday with Collision. Live on Sunday for AEW Forbidden Door. In between all that, giving you guys up-to-date news and rumors. Today, we uploaded a video that did incredibly well. Go and check that out about WWE. We're actually going to read the article again tonight. WWE. Triple H and Nick Khan want to speak to Vince McMahon about stopping... The last-minute rewrites of both Raw and SmackDown. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code Script20 at checkout. 
You guys can find the link in the description below. Manscaped.com code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off free shipping. Make sure you guys are looking good and feeling your best going into the summer, man. Going into 4th of July next weekend. Manscaped, a great sponsor and friend of the podcast right here on Off The Script. Vince McMahon, he seems to be getting his fingers into everything a little bit more lately, man, and it's quite concerning. I know there'll be people telling me, oh, well, it's not a big deal, man. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. Because believe it or not, you you don't see it. I see it. The quality of the shows have fucking significantly decreased over the past seven to eight months. People of WWE are trying to figure out a way to stop Vince McMahon from changing creative plans. They're trying to figure out a way. Here's a spoiler for you, folks. There is no way. It is the point of no return. Vince McMahon's not changing shit. He changed Monday night last week. Balor attacked, I believe. I don't know if this was a Vince thing. I kind of alluded to it being a Vince thing. Balor attacked Seth instead. And... Apparently, it was the first 30 minutes of the show that was rewritten. I thought it should have been Braun Breaker, but apparently it was Balor that attacked Seth. And then Champa was supposed to have the opportunity, Tommaso Champa, who returned, was supposed to have the opportunity to wrestle Seth Rollins. That was the rumor. The open challenge last week was going to be Champa and Rollins in the main event. But Vince changed it to Champa against The Miz for Champa's return. Now, beating The Miz did nothing for Champa at all. And Vince went right back and did to Champa what Champa did before he went out with the hip injury. For some reason, he thought getting a three minute win over The Miz was better than wrestling Rollins in the main event for 20 minutes in a non title match that could have been booked to be ended in disqualification by Finn Balor. I don't know. I don't know who is allowing this shit to happen and not voicing their concerns. There's no way on any planet you would think that Champa and Miz is more beneficial for Champa than Champa and Rollins. Granted, I don't like the open challenge, but I mean, Champa and Rollins in the main event, that would have been a fucking banger. Then on SmackDown, he changed the whole fucking show. He changed everything. Bailey, Shotzi, gone. Bailey put her women's money in the bank letter match spot on the line. Gone. Do we get that on this Friday? Probably not. That was booked a week in advance. Finished. Changed it day of. Cameron Grimes and Baron Corbin? Canceled. Santos Escobar was supposed to wrestle Butch and LA Knight in a triple threat match. That was changed to LA Knight versus Rey Mysterio instead. Charlotte wasn't planned for the show. She got added to the show to wrestle Lacey Evans. Vince changed all of Triple H's plans for SmackDown. So SmackDown got vinced. And Monday Night Raw is going to become more vinced as we go on week by week by week by week. He's changing shit. Now apparently there are rumors that they're trying to figure out ways to talk to him about not changing the show last minute. 
Triple H and Nick Khan, what are they going to say to Vince McMahon? This man manipulated an entire fucking company to allow him back to regain power and control after he gave it up. And they put people in place to take his positions and roles within the company. He came back and wiped everything clean to take everything back again. This is the guy that you're going to take these positions away from again and tell no to? It's over. It is over. And the sad thing is, the sad thing is, when the sale, because right now, Vince is playing, it's, you can fucking quote me on this. Bookmark it, timestamp it, put it in a fucking folder, and wait until the end of the year. I want you to pull this fucking clip from the file, from the fucking folder, and I want you to play it back because I guarantee you I'm going to be right again like I usually am. When the sale of the company is official, Paul Levesque is officially gone from COO. And if he's not gone officially, his power will be next to nothing. Right now, it's next to nothing. Right now, Vince is running the show remotely. When the sale of the company happens and he is allowed to come back because Ari Emanuel put him in that role. Right now, we can't do shit. The sale of the company is not official yet, but when that sale is official, Vince is going to be backstage every single fucking show. By the Royal Rumble, Vince will be backstage in the flesh for every show on Monday and Friday. Garen fucking it. Right now, it's not official. Right now, things could still go wrong. But when that day comes, he's playing it safe right now. Right now, that day comes, Triple H is just biding his fucking time. I can't wait to get the fuck out of here, man. Just give me my office back at Stanford fucking Titan Tower and let me go get Bruce's fucking muffins and coffee every morning, man. That's all That's all he's going to be reduced to. And then at that point, everything that Triple H tried to fucking undo, you're going to start to slowly see all that shit come back, man. It is over. It is over. You are all in for a rude Awakening, and we got a 99.99 super chat, man. David, David M with a 99.99 super chat. JD, big fan. This is my second super chat. Man, Raw is just going to heal. And SmackDown is definitely next. NXT already sucks. Every week, my love is just dying for wrestling, thanks to Vince. I wasn't an AEW fan in the beginning, but man, thank God for AEW. I feel bad for Triple H. David, thank you so much for your generosity, brother. I really, really appreciate you stopping by tonight and showing that type of love for the podcast, man. Thank you so much. Hopefully, you are sitting down enjoying show with a nice cold beverage, man. Thank you so very much. But yes, mark my words. Come the sale of the company being official, Vince will be back in the flesh. Because right now he can't do shit. Right now he's got to pretend like he's not there and he's not in the weeds. But he basically told everybody and showed everybody that he will be back in the weeds sooner rather than later. This is just the fucking, 
This is just the appetizer, folks. You are all in for a rude awakening. Absolutely in for a rude awakening. Then there was a report tonight, right before Monday Night Raw, that Vince McMahon had his hands all in tonight's show. His fingerprints would be all over tonight's Raw. Now, this is coming from PW Insider and Mike Johnson. They are reporting that tonight's show, this was before Raw went on the air, would have a lot of Vince McMahon's fingerprints. What exactly that means is unknown, but if you've been following the shows, you know exactly what is a Vince McMahon segment and a Triple H segment. McMahon's been working remotely since WrestleMania 39, and there is belief backstage that his influence over the product is likely to continue to grow. Keep in mind that WWE execs stated earlier this year, Nick Khan being one of them, that McMahon had no intention of getting back in the weeds with the weekly product. That appears to be changing. Last Friday on SmackDown, there were three advertised matches that ended up not happening, like I mentioned, and that was because of decisions made by Vince. Vince is not backstage tonight at Raw. Again, this is all very disheartening news. All very much disheartening news. And a lot of people continue to just say it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You know, Triple H is still the one in charge. Triple H is not in charge. He's never been in charge. There may have been there may have been a small pocket of weeks where he was legitimately in charge. And you saw the type of show that Triple H put on. It does not resemble what we've been given in this year, especially following WrestleMania. This show absolutely had Vince's fingerprints all over it. I'm going to fucking pinpoint them out while we go through this show tonight. It's very disheartening. Very disheartening. And everybody lied for him. Everybody vouched for him. Everybody covered his fucking tracks. It was never about the sale of the company, ever. It was always about maintaining his power and getting his power back. That's why he sold the company to Endeavor. 51% of it's owned by Ari Emanuel. That's it. It's over. He's known Vince for 23 years. Vince sold the company and went into business with somebody that was not going to go against anything he said. Could have sold it to Liberty Media. Could have sold it to Comcast. Could have sold it to Disney. All these other people did not want to be involved with Vince. I want to buy the company. I'm interested in the company. But we don't want you there. We want nothing to do with you in any aspect. We want your company, but we don't want you. Now, he wasn't listening to them which makes me wonder when this sale actually goes through, if they're going to uncover anything. Like, who else was there in the bidding war for WWE that actually wanted the company and would have bid more and WWE sold it to Endeavor? That's the thing I'm fucking curious about. Was there any nefarious actions there? Was there any fucking low-balling the shareholders here? It's going to be very interesting, man. But as soon as that company is officially done deal, sold to Endeavor, Vince is going to be back in charge. Monday Night Raw served as the go-home for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view on Saturday afternoon. I will be live. It's going to be a little uh, a little funky on Saturday afternoon. Money in the Bank will be airing on Peacock at 3 p.m. And it will probably run to, I would say, 6.30. So... I don't know how we're going to handle that. 
I don't know if we're going to just do money in the bank on Saturday and then worry about collision on Sunday, or we're going to do money in the bank and then collision right after. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to do. So keep your eyes and your ears posted on the channel and on my social media. You guys will get both reviews one way or another. Dominic and Rhea Ripley stood in the ring, and Dominic tried to talk, and the fans were uh, drowning him out with booze. Rhea Ripley said Cody's momentum has been slowing down lately. Wow, they're throwing that out there in plain sight, man. They want you to know that Cody's momentum is dying down since WrestleMania. The reason why it's in the promo is because it's true. Not because it sounds cool or not because it makes Rhea Ripley sound better than Cody or Dominic sound better than Cody. She said that Cody's momentum has been slowing down lately, and that's fact. That's a shoot. And at Money in the Bank, Dominic will put a complete stop to it. Cody's music played. He walked out. He did the whole, whoa! Got his broken arm there, Cody Rhodes, man. He's out there with the fucking brace. Give me a break. He's out there in a suit and tie. And Cody says he thinks he knows what Dominic is trying to do. He welcomed Georgia to Monday Night Raw. Ripley accused Cody of bullying her dom-dom. Dominic tried to talk. He was booed again and drowned out with booze. So he whispered to Rhea Ripley on what he wanted her to say. She said, at Money in the Bank, Dom says he will show Cody how dangerous he really is. Cody then quoted, cat in the hat. We got the biggest baby face in the fucking company. Quoting, cat in the hat. This is, this is the next WWE champion. Dr. Seuss, right? We got the next WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion quoting nursery rhymes and childhood stories. It's amazing. It's amazing how people just let this shit fucking woo over the head. This is not Vince McMahon 101. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He revealed that he quoted Cat in the Hat. People left. I rolled my eyes. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Can this guy get any more cringe on TV? What are they doing to my Cody Rhodes? He says he's quoting a children's book because Dom is a scared little boy. Dom heard enough and dropped to the floor on the outside. Ripley followed Dominic behind. Cody said Damian Priest 
isn't running from him. He told Dominic, come on, show me something. Cody says he'd give Dom a free shot. Let's do this right here, right now. Dominic turned and walked back to the ring. He jumped onto the ring apron and mounted, fuck this. He mounted, fuck this, jumped off the apron and walked back up the aisle with Rhea Ripley. Cody says he can see Dominic leaving. He said the cheap shots have proven to be effective. He said at Money in the Bank, Dom will be stepping into an entirely different body of water. He says he wants to find out if he's even half the man his father is or he's just mommy's little boy. That actually was a decent line there. I thought that was uh, quite uh, creative by Cody. But uh, at this rate, I mean, I, I couldn't give a single solitary shit about Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio at Money in the Bank. It's nothing more than a pit stop on the way to Lesnar, so we got nothing more than just a string of matches and four months of Cody going like this. Nobody seems to have a problem with this. Cody's momentum isn't going like this. Cody's momentum is going like this. You think it's cool because, oh my God, Dominic is getting such massive heel heat. Oh my God, London is going to boo Dominic out of the building. Great. Great. But that doesn't mean anything for Cody Rhodes. This is the next guy that's going to take on Roman Reigns and win the world championship. At this rate, I keep telling you guys, I don't even want fucking Cody to win the title anymore. I would rather vouch for either Jey Uso or Solo Sokoa at this point. Someone within his family to take the title. Cody, what are we doing with Cody? Nobody seems to be asking the most important question. After Dominic, clearly is Lesnar. What happens after he beats Lesnar at SummerSlam? Where does he go? Who does he feed with then? How, then? How does he continue this momentum going into 2024? Who is he going to feud with next? Has anybody asked that question? Who does Cody feud with next on Monday Night Raw? I don't know. The slimmings, uh, the, the, the pickings are slim. The pickings are very, very slim on Monday night. What, is he going to continue feeding with Judgment Day? Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, let's bury all of Judgment Day to get Cody over and have his momentum completely stalled going into the new year. Absolutely ridiculous. Nobody, nobody, nobody truly believes Cody's momentum is going this way. You, can't, you cannot think that his momentum is going upwards. This match means nothing, and Dominic should clearly win this match thanks to help from Brock Lesnar, if Brock Lesnar shows up in London at Money in the Bank. A win for Dominic would do more for Dominic than it would for Cody. Dominic needs to win. Shinsuke Nakamura. He went one-on-one with Ricochet in the first actual match of Monday Night Raw. This was not bad, and I actually quite enjoyed this for the 10 minutes that they got. Really fun match. Uh, The fight between Nakamura and Ricochet is coming out of them both qualifying for the men's money in the bank ladder match. Now, they got this thing going on with Bronson Reed, who is not in the men's money in the bank. Not really a Triple H decision at that point. I think this is obviously a Vince McMahon decision. Or uh, we could have included Bronson Reed, but I guess Vince didn't want 
there to be an overcrowded field, which I actually agree with. I think seven is too much by including Logan Paul, but, you know, six is the right number for the money in the bank. I've always thought that, but we got Logan Paul being added as of last week. But Bronson Reed's been feuding with these two guys. I don't know where where it goes after uh, money in the bank is over. I don't. Maybe Bronson Reed... Maybe Bronson Reed interjects on Saturday afternoon and kind of ruins Ricochet's chances of winning or Nakamura's chances of winning. I don't know. Maybe we see him get involved and him do uh, a major move, a major tsunami splash off the ladder on one of these guys. I don't know. But what these guys did, man, it was a nice little fun match to open Monday Night Raw. So Bronson Reed was on the outside. He was just minding his business. He's dressed in a nice suit out there watching this match for whatever reason. Reed, he almost entered the ring, but he was attacked. He was attacked by Ricochet on the outside for no reason. Just minding his business, Ricochet attacked him. He gets up. He almost got in the ring, but the referee sent him to the back. We got these guys creatively trying to stop him from interfering because more than likely they knew he was going to cause a disqualification, and they did not want that. Nakamura kicked him in the head. He kicked him off the apron. Ricochet kicked him in the face with a drop kick through the ropes. He kicked him off the apron. And then the referee finally tossed Bronson Reed out from the ringside area. Ricochet was on offense. Nakamura got his knees up on a moonsault. Ricochet avoided a Kinshasa attempt. And he hits the recoil for a near fall. Ricochet ducked a few kicks. Hit a roundhouse kick of his own. He followed with a standing slice bread. And a shooting star press for the one, two, three. Ricochet gets the victory on Shinsuke Nakamura. Ricochet, to me, you know, I am a big fan of Ricochet. I honestly feel like, and I said this on social media, Ricochet is one of the more undervalued talents in WWE. They will use him when they need him. They will use him to enhance a match like a Money in the Bank. They will use him to enhance a ladder match or some sort of, uh, you know, match that's, He really thrives in with his athleticism and his gymnastics background. But Ricochet really hasn't been given the creative momentum and the creative upside to really kind of move up to the next part of the WWE ladder. He's done so much to prove to everybody how good he is. And I feel like Ricochet remains stagnant and remains in the same spot as he was when he first got called up to the main roster. I I, I haven't seen him moved up the company ladder in in all the time he's been on the main roster. He He just feels like he's stuck in one place. When is Ricochet gonna get his his flowers? I could see Ricochet being a great intercontinental champion. I could see Ricochet beating the one or being the guy to beat Gunther for the intercontinental title. I could see him being the one. If they want to build it up right, he's had a a couple of opportunities before to take the title, and he hasn't fared well at all, but I could see him being the guy to do it if if done right on Monday night. Ricochet is good enough to be a world champion. Maybe not promo-wise, but Ricochet is such an undervalued talent. It's criminal how they haven't moved him up in any meaningful way. He just goes with the motions, goes with the flow every single week. Oh, I'm in a Money in the Bank ladder match. I got a spot on the show, but I'll never be the fucking guy that they call upon to lead this show. 
He's always the bridesmaid and never the bride, Ricochet. It's exactly how his WWE career is going to fucking uh, pan out. It's exactly, that's exactly what is going to be on his WWE tombstone. Ricochet, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Said he deserves better. Byron Saxton. He interviewed Matt Riddle. Saxon asked Riddle if it was wise to challenge Gunther to a match just five days at Money in the Bank with an injured ankle. As Riddle expressed confidence in his condition, Ludwig Kaiser interrupted. Ludwig Kaiser interrupted and asked Riddle what makes him think he can compete with Gunther. Riddle said he beat him last week. Kaiser said that will never happen again. Kaiser then attacked Riddle and grounded him. Gunther walked in and yelled, challenge accepted. Gunther then stomped on Riddle's sore ankle, and Riddle moaned in pain as Imperium walk away. Should be a banger match. Riddle versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title should be a quality match on pay-per-view. Will Matt Riddle win? Probably not. Do we see Randy Orton? I'm hearing a lot of Randy Orton rumor floating around out there. WWE ready to bring back Randy Orton to WWE television, which will be a welcome addition to Monday Night Raw. Hopefully that's the case. Do we see him on Saturday? Do we see him on the road to SummerSlam? I don't know. I would much rather see Randy Orton come back and turn heel. Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam? I think that's the right way to go about it. We'll see what happens. Dominic and Rhea Ripley. They approached Adam Pearce. Dominic said he was embarrassed by Cody. Says he wants a match tonight to show him what he has in store for him at Money in the Bank. Dominic said he has an opponent for himself in mind. Pearce asked who that is. Ripley whispered something to Dom and then told Pearce, we'll get back to you. It ended up being Akira Tozawa. That's who they chose as Dominic's opponent tonight to get ready for Cody. Ronda! You guys know Ronda. Ronda with Shayna Baszler against uh, <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Smiley Raquel out there. We got Ronda with Shayna. We got Raquel with Liv Morgan. Wow, man. Ronda Rousey proving her worth in WWE. I'll give you one guess how long this match went on Monday Night Raw. If you guessed two minutes... You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. You win cash prizes here on OTS. Yeah, man. Yeah. Two minutes. (laughs) 
How am I supposed to care about two minutes? It's unbelievable. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, man. Ronda won with a uh, distraction roll-up. I mean, who gives a shit? Ronda is awful. She's awful. This tag team title reign, you know, it's it's, it's amazing, man. Ronda, Shayna, who I enjoy, and the WWE are, are fucking delusional. The fans are delusional. Do you genuinely think Ronda and Shayna are going to do anything with those tag team titles? Absolutely going nowhere is that division. So Rousey won with a distraction roll-up. And correct me if I'm wrong, man. Wasn't Raquel in a backstage promo last week with Rhea Ripley claiming to Rhea Ripley that... She doesn't want any of her moving forward. Then they tease a potential match and a feud with Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley, maybe going into SummerSlam. And then on Friday, because Vince rewrote the show, Raquel Rodriguez is out there and she's watching a tag team title unification match between Ronda and Shayna and Isla Dawn with Alba Fire as they unify the NXT and WWE women's tag team titles. So she goes from Rhea Ripley to watching the tag team titles. She's going from Rhea Ripley and the world title to the tag team titles and then reintroducing Liv Morgan back to team with Liv Morgan to challenge for the tag team titles. But I thought we saw her face-to-face with Rhea Ripley and and a potential for a, a match there with Rhea Ripley. I don't get it. Now... I guess she should want a tag team title match because they never really lost. But do we really want to see that match again? Do we expect Ronda and Sh- Ronda and Shanna to lose the tag team titles so early in their run? No. Raquel is better off by herself. And a two-minute match with Ronda Rousey did nothing to enhance Raquel Rodriguez in front of anybody tonight. A waste of my time. A vignette aired on Finn Balor that was actually very good. Balor, who said the Balor of the past, who Seth Rollins beat, is dead. And the new version version of Balor is much worse. We got clips airing of Balor beating Seth despite the buckle bomb injury he suffered at ringside during their match at SummerSlam. He said he was Universal Champion for 22 hours. He says he was forced to relinquish his title and Seth laughed in his face. He says he'll never forget that. He said after seven long years, he's taking it all back and it'll, it will be a bitter pill for Seth Rollins to swallow. I don't think Rollins is losing the championship on Saturday afternoon and I don't think many people think Balor's going to win at all. There may be a small pocket of geeks who are uneducated who think Balor's going to win. Balor's not winning the world title. He's not. But... Balor, believe it or not, has looked very good on television. Judgment Day is just very good as far as how they've been presented on TV. And management is very happy with Judgment Day. It's easy to see that management is happy with Judgment Day. Balor's getting a world title. Dominic is in a a match with Cody at the pay-per-view. Damian Priest has been fucking on fire 
losing, but he's been on fire. Some good shit coming out of Judgment Day, man. Rhea Ripley is over a champion. She looks better than ever. Judgment Day is doing their thing. Factions do work. Pairing men and, in this case, lady together works. Hopefully, Vince is open to that more so in the future. The reason why all of these individuals are over is because Judgment Day as a group works. Hopefully, he understands that moving forward. Seth Rollins. He's in the ring and he's singing his song. Cringe. WWE invited Carmelo Hayes to Monday Night Raw, and Seth Rollins pointed at Carmelo Hayes, who was sitting front row, and thanked Hayes for having his back at NXT last Tuesday. They showed Hayes front row, like I said. Seth then rooted for Hayes to beat bum-ass Corbin on Tuesday night during NXT Gold Rush for the world title. Seth said he wondered which version of Balor they will get at Money in the Bank and said that was answered last week. He said Balor turned his ribs to dust. Seth said he's still standing, though. He told Balor he's still standing, so he encouraged him to come out and finish the job right now. Fans once again began singing his song. Seth says he wished that drew Balor to the ring, but he knows it won't. He said Balor is the most dangerous he's ever been and has surrounded himself with all the right people. He says he's not 100% right now and he won't be 100% on Saturday. Balor showed up and attacked Seth from the opposite side of the ring from the entrance ramp. He grabbed the chair, but Carmelo Hayes yanked the chair away from him over the barricade. Seth clotheslined Balor over the barricade into the timekeeper's area and Corey Graves said Seth owes Hayes a debt of gratitude for what he just did, basically saving him from another attack of Finn Balor. Now, I appreciate the cross-promoting of NXT on Monday night. I do. I wish this was something that was more embraced back in the day. It's a little bit more digestible now because Vince McMahon doesn't really give a shit about NXT, being that he taught NXT its lesson and he killed it the first time, and then we got what we got with 2.0. Vince knows it's a waste of fucking time, so what more can he do to make it a worse show? There are still talents down there that Triple H and Shawn Michaels are very high on. Carmelo Hayes is one of them. Now, I don't think Carmelo Hayes is going to be intentionally buried on the main roster, Though anything can happen, I don't really trust the process because Vince McMahon, you know, when it comes to NXT and guys that Triple H likes, he'll find some way to fucking ruin it. And I'll sit here and tell you I told you so. I enjoyed the cross promotion. And I want it to make sense. I do. This did not make any sense. Now, granted, Balor... And Rollins have their match on Sunday night. Braun Breaker and Rollins didn't make any sense. It didn't. No matter how you want to explain it to me, it did not make any sense. The match never made any sense to begin with. There was no story. And it was nothing more than a ratings ploy on Tuesday night. 
They tried to tell whatever story they could there, and it just was a complete waste of time. It did nothing for Braun Breaker. It did nothing for Rollins. I don't need to see a main roster storyline played out on Tuesday night. I want to, If I'm watching Tuesday night, I want to see Tuesday night. I don't want to see Monday. I don't. We didn't need Ballot to attack Rollins again on Tuesday night. We could have did all that on Monday Night Raw, which we did already. We did that already. I didn't need Braun Breaker to wrestle Seth Rollins to tell me that he's ready for the main roster. Braun Breaker's been ready for the main roster. Are we using Seth Rollins as the gatekeeper? Yes, you're allowed to open the gate for Braun Breaker to come on up to the main roster. I deem him ready. He's already been ready. The fuck do I need Rollins to go out there and wrestle him for? So Rollins tells everybody that he's ready. He's been ready. And he's hot right now. And WWE does not want to capitalize on that. He's got a brand new coat of paint. He's got a brand new heel character. And WWE is doing nothing to really bring that to the forefront. Then we got Carmelo Hayes. Oh, yeah, Finn Balor is attacking Seth Rollins down on NXT. We got Carmelo Hayes throwing his name into the fucking feud. It doesn't make any sense. Does Carmelo Hayes have to do with anything? Another ratings ploy by WWE to drum up ratings for Tuesday night. This is their fucking thing now. This is their flavor of the month. How can we get ratings on Tuesday night? Yeah, we'll put Seth on Tuesday night. We'll bring Carmelo Hayes on Monday. We'll do some cross promotion. They're buddy, buddy. They're best friends. Give me a break. The old NXT didn't need to stoop to such low levels. Vince McMahon would have never allowed any main roster stars on Black and Gold, but Black and Gold didn't need them. Why? Because the Black and Gold was churning out television that was far superior than both Monday and Friday combined. We didn't need any of their talent. Vince didn't want any of the talent on NXT Black and Gold because he knew Triple H would just use the talent on the main roster that's been unhappy better on Tuesday night, Wednesday night. So Vince was never going to allow anybody down to full sale or down to the performance center because he knew Triple H would take them and make them better and use them better than Vince McMahon. You guys need to understand this, man. I don't know how nobody, you guys understand. The majority of you people understand listening to me now. The geeks, when I go on social media, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, man. This is the way. This is the facts. This is the truth. There's a reason why NXT died. Vince killed it because he hated it. Vince was very jealous that NXT was churning out better television than him. He looked to fucking kill everything that happened on that show, whether it was a talent getting called up, or moving takeovers away from the main big shows so that they didn't ride the coattails of a Rumble and a WrestleMania and a SummerSlam. Because every single time you had a takeover New York or a takeover Phoenix or a takeover this or a takeover that, takeover Dallas, everybody was talking about takeover. They weren't talking about the main roster. Facts. Facts. Carmelo Hayes did not make any sense here. This is nothing more than fucking cheap desperation by WWE. 
He's the NXT champion. You want to showcase Carmelo Hayes on the main roster, a vignette would go much further than having him in the ring against Finn Balor to lose as world champion. And we'll get to that in a little bit because they did book the match because of his interference tonight when Balor chased Rollins with the chair and Carmelo stopped that attack from happening again. But Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, they they don't have anything to do with Balor and, and Rollins going into Money in the Bank. They are just there by chance for convenience. Hey, we need ratings on Tuesday night. Can we ask you guys to do us a favor? Lame. It actually takes away from what NXT is set out to do. No, I don't want to watch NXT to watch all of the main roster's hand-me-downs. I don't want to watch the main roster to see Balor wrestle and beat fucking talent down there or have a main roster storyline happen down there. No, I don't want to watch Jinder Mahal down there. No, I don't want to watch Humberto Carrillo down there. No, I don't want to watch Dana Brooke down there. You said this was a developmental. Which is it? Is it developmental or is it a legit third brand? Because as far as I'm concerned, Triple H made it a legit third brand. You didn't want it that way. Now you want it that way? Fuck off. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Maybe we shouldn't have killed the fucking black and gold brand when we had it. Now you want to go back to what they were doing before. It all makes sense now. Everything I just told you now lines up as fact. Tommaso Ciampa. He was making his way out to the ring. I don't know who he was wrestling tonight, but he came out ready for a match, dressed to wrestle. Miz attacked Ciampa from behind as Ciampa made his ring entrance. He tossed him around ringside and kicked him. We got tiny balls chanted at Miz. Miz patted himself on the back like Champa does. He went back to punching away at Champa. The referees finally came out and pulled Miz away. Miz returned and delivered a skull-crushing finale to Tommaso Champa. Miz yelled at Champa that he gave him opportunities and then left. Tommaso Champa was interviewed last week after Monday Night Raw on Raw Talk. And basically said, you know who didn't call me while I was rehabilitating my hip injury? The guy that said he would be my friend. The guy that was with me, right? The Miz. He never called. I doubt very much that Tommaso Ciampa was looking for the Miz to call him in the last nine months. Do you genuinely believe Triple H got Tommaso Ciampa back 100% healthy, put him back on Monday Night Raw for this man who basically Triple H molded into the greatest NXT champion of all time. Nobody is better than Ciampa and what he did with black and gold. The only other one would be Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Do you genuinely believe Triple H brought Ciampa back from injury to feud with The Miz? Triple H was doing everything within his power to get Champa away from The Miz when he was maybe running creative back in September. No, but you want me to think that this is a product of Triple H taking his guy, his hand-picked guy, and putting him in a feud with probably the worst offensive wrestler of our generation in The Miz. 
Yeah, yeah, let's blame Triple H for that. Tommaso Ciampa and Miz pairing was a Vince McMahon creative decision. What does Vince McMahon go back and do? Brings Ciampa back to the main roster. Oh, I remember this guy. Wasn't he paired with Mike? Yeah, we'll just continue that. I got no major plans for him. I don't really care to push him. We'll just feud him with the Miz. That's good enough for him. Yeah, you want me to think that this is a Triple H-run creative show, right? Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Stop listening to people who aren't going to give it to you like I do. Stop believing these fucking shill, goody-two-shoe, fairy, soy boy, pussy podcasts who don't tell you shit. This is the way it is. Kaiser. Ludwig Kaiser told Gunther that it was official that he faced Riddle in a title match at Money in the Bank. In walked Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. Ludwig told them to keep walking. Sammy said, it seems he doesn't like it when people just interrupt him. Owens says they have a reason to be there. Kaiser asked what that reason is. Owens asked Sammy what that reason is. And Sammy said, it's due to what they did to Riddle. Owens yelled at Kaiser and Gunther. Sammy says they want to do something about it. Kaiser says they should be careful what they wish for. Owens started raging again. Sammy calmed him down. Sammy said it took three of them to beat Riddle down. Sammy says they should keep the numbers game real simple. Sammy then challenged Gunther to a one-on-one match. Gunther accepted. Sammy and KO walk away. I have no problem with Sammy Zayn and Gunther. At all, ever. The more Gunther, the more Sammy, the better. Dominic Mysterio. He handpicked Akira Tozawa as his opponent for his warm-up match before Cody Rhodes. Dominic wins in two minutes. Frog splash off the top. And that was it. Great. Two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Vince loves two minutes. Vince usually works within the two-minute time limit. Two-minute McMahon. In and out of the WWE, if you catch my drift. There's got to be some sort of significance with the two minutes. Maybe Vince should sign up for Blue Chew. BlueChew.com code JD at checkout, Vince. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Cheap plug. Garbage. Absolute waste of my time. A lot of you guys are wondering, well, well, JD, where's the Vince fingerprints on this show? Two minutes. There you go. Champa and Miz. There you go. NXT champion being called up to lose. Clean. Vince. Cody Rhodes, referencing Cat in the Hat, Vince. And this is Vince, the next segment. A WWE Women's Money in the Bank Summit. Great. This is the best creative that they got going into Money in the Bank. A Women's Money in the Bank Summit. Trish Stratus made her ring entrance along with Zoe. Becky makes her ring entrance. Everybody else didn't get a ring entrance. Bailey, EO, Zelina. No ring entrance. 
But Becky and Trish got ring entrances. Goes to show you where WWE's priorities lie with the women on the main roster. All the women are in the ring. Corey Graves was moderating this women's summit. Bailey jumped in and said she's going to win. And then added EO. Oh yeah, EO. She could win too. Zelina Vega. She's out there and I don't listen, man. I, I get that there are Zelina Vega fans out there. I get it. I get it. Zelina Vega. Please tell me when I am telling lies. Tell me when I'm wrong. Is it me? Or are they really, really trying to turn Zelina Vega into a bargain basement, great value, fucking true value, fucking dollar tree, dollar store, bottom dollar version of Sasha Banks? Or am I just uh, maybe, maybe I should go get glasses. Well, maybe I'm just uh, speaking out of my asshole. Because that's what I see when I look at this. Got the blue hair and got the fucking fiery outfits. I mean, her outfits look very Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks inspired. Her hairstyle is very Sasha Banks inspired. I mean, holy fucking shit. She's basically the Walmart version of Sa- Sasha Banks. We're not nearly anywhere close to the wrestling ability of Sasha Banks. There's only one, honey. There's only one. Gonna call her Zelina Banks from now on. She's out there and says that Trish is a legend, but she's never been in a Money in the Bank ladder match before. She talked about her chances. Bailey laughed and says she doesn't stand a chance. Vega says she will prove all of them wrong when she climbs the ladder and brings the briefcase home to the LWO. Zelina Vega is not winning Money in the Bank. Nor should she win Money in the Bank. That briefcase belongs to EO Sky. Zelina then said Santos Escobar will do the same in his match with the men. Bailey and Zelina then argued... Zoe told them to calm down. Trish then takes the mic. Thank God. Actually, it's probably not as offensive as Zoe, but it's still bad. Trish said she hears a bunch of little girls arguing. Fans then chanted, Becky, Becky. She said she's the best and greatest woman to ever enter a Money in the Bank ladder match. She said winning is what she does. She said all the women can thank her after she wins money in the bank for letting them be a part of such a historic moment. Trish then turned to Becky. She asked, if when it's all said and done, if she'll be man enough to say, thank you, Trish. Becky said nothing and just punched Trish. Becky was then attacked by Zoe. Everybody else started brawling. And this all led to all of the ladies in the money in the bank ladder match brawling as Kevin Patrick Very, very generically plugged. This is what is going to happen. This is a taste of what we're going to get on Saturday afternoon. Becky was the last woman standing. She climbed the ladder and pulled down a briefcase and held it in the air above her head. 
signifying that she will win money in the bank. Vince segment 101, folks. This is Vince 101. If Vince was to write a creative fucking playbook, a women's money in the bank summit would be in there. This goes in line with everything else. Survivor Series. Ah, oh, we got to get all of them at the end of the show battling in a big 10-man brawl, pal. Royal Rumble. We get everybody fucking coming out from the locker room battling it in the ring, right? Ah, oh, the Royal Rumble build, pal. Lame. So fucking lame. I don't know, man. Listen. You know, a lot of you guys might might think I'm being a little harsh on the product. This shit sucks. It lacks creativity. It's not fun. It's not engaging. It's not interesting. It's very predictable. Like, if I can predict what type of segment it's going to end up being, it's not good television. It's not. And neither should you. You should not be... You should not be accepting this garbage so willingly. Let the fucking geeks, the marks online, who love this shit, who find no fault in the product, accept this fucking mediocre trash on Monday night. What would have been better was some sort of fucking nicely shot vignette going over the highlights of all the separate women, giving their case on why they should win money in the bank, what it means to them. Why is winning the briefcase important to them? Six different vignettes spread out throughout the show. Too much to ask, huh? Maybe that's a little bit too much effort I'm asking for from WWE. Not this shit. Garbage. Backstage. Rhea Ripley approached Becky and told her to not even think about cashing in the briefcase if she wins money in the bank. Becky then went on to say that when she defended the title and had the title, that title was being defended in the main event every single city she was in. False. No, it wasn't. So she's basically telling Rhea that her title reign sucks without telling her flat out that her title reign sucks. And it's not Rhea Ripley's fault. It's WWE's fault. Their women's division sucks. Yes, Rhea Ripley has not had a very good title reign since winning it from Charlotte. But that's not her fault. It's all WWE's fault. They don't give a shit about booking the women in meaningful storylines. And Becky should not hold the championship for a while. Meanwhile, Becky is not the champion, and she's in something that WWE is pretending is more important than the Women's World Championship. That is a problem. And then you wonder why people look down on the women's championship. They set up another match with Natalia and Rhea Ripley. It's got to be a fucking running gag at this point. It's got to be an inside joke. There's no fucking way that this woman's getting another title match and ready to lose for third time against Rhea Ripley. Gunther. He went one-on-one with Sami Zayn, and this was awesome. This was easily the best thing on the entire show, as it should, because both of these guys are great. This did not go two minutes. This went 12 minutes. Giovanni Vinci walked out on crutches to join Kaiser at ringside. 
Zayn tried for an exploder suplex, but Gunther blocked it and chopped him. Owens was on commentary, and he was mockingly applauding Gunther for being able to slap a man in the chest. Kevin Owens is great. Zayn blocked the chop and went to the top, but Gunther chopped him again. Zayn fought back, hit a sunset flip powerbomb for a two count. Zayn hit repeated clotheslines and finally dropped Gunther with a clothesline. Gunther countered a blue thunder bomb into a sleeper hold. Zayn fought back to his feet, hit the blue thunder bomb, which looked great as always on Gunther for a near fall. Zayn came off the top. Gunther chopped him out of midair. He went for a cover. He got a near fall. Gunther followed with a splash. The big frog splash off the top. Only got a two count. Kaiser jumped on the ring apron. Owens got up from the commentary desk. He went to go attack Kaiser. Gunther booted Owens in the face. Zayn wiped out Gunther over the top rope with a tope over the top. Zayn back in the ring now. Setting up for the Huluva kick. Kaiser distracted the referee. And Giovanni Vinci with the crutch. Hit Sami Zayn in the midsection. Gunther power bombed him with a stack pin. One, two, three. And Gunther beats Sami Zayn. Vinci is not hurt. I don't think Vinci is hurt. I think this was all a, a uh, ploy. It was a heel tactic by Imperium. Sami Zayn loses as he should, and Gunther gets the victory over one half of the tag team champions. Chad Gable. He was in the back with Otis and Maxine Dupree. You want to know what uh, Vince did on this show? Here's another one. Chad Gable was in the back with Otis and Maxine. Otis was on an exercise bike. Gable called the Viking Raiders idiots. If they thought Alpha Academy were a bunch of amateurs, Maxine was doing squats with a dumbbell. Dupree says she's destroyed Valhalla every time she's come after her, thanks to Gable's training. Gable wanted Otis to tell the Raiders their plan, and he said the plan is pure carnage. Gable blew the whistle. Thank you. Gable's great. Otis is great. His feud with the Viking Raiders is not great. Kathy Kelly interviewed no 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 Natalia. <laughs> poor Natalia, poor Natalia. Kathy Kelly interviewed Natalia about Rhea Ripley. She said Rhea Ripley is at the top of the mountain. What's the biggest battle for her? Is it in the ring? It's in my head. She said fear of losing is second to her. Fear of quitting. She said she's been broken and battered down. But she's still st st standing. She called for Ripley to defend the title next week again. No one can erase what she's achieved in WWE. (laughs) 
for this? Genuinely, I'm asking, who, who asked for this? Did anybody in, in, in WWE ask for an Natalia redemption story? Natalia fighting from behind, right? She's going to fight Rhea Ripley for a third time. I got to hear Natalia. Oh, I achieved the WWE. You break. Nobody gives a fuck. This shit sucks. I got to listen to this shit. I have to watch Natalia cry more on television than I got Tommaso Ciampa wrestling in the fucking ring tonight. What is the third match going to do against Rhea Ripley? What is it going to do? The first match went 90 seconds. The second match didn't even happen. What's going to happen? They're going to add what? Another 60 seconds on top of the fucking 90 that we got the first time. Well, man, Natalia lasted two minutes this time with Rhea Ripley. Great. Great. We're going down that same path. You think Natalia's going to fucking veer off and have a W, right? Yeah, man, we're going to take the detour to a win for the title. No, Natalia's going to take the detour, and it's going to lead right back to fucking Lane L. Loser. You're getting off an exit? Loser. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to like this? Am I supposed to be impressed by Natalia's fucking uh, storyline here? Huh? Fucking ridiculous. Who writes this shit? The fucking way anybody's watching this show and is excited. Oh, man, I, I can't wait for Natalia next week. Finn Balor. Yes, next week, Rhea is going to natty Natalia for a third time. Yes. Finn Balor. He wrestled him. He is him. Carmelo is him. Whatever the fuck that means. What does that mean? Him. He's him. I'm him. Finn Balor versus Carmelo Hayes went 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And I got fucking trolls and fucking degenerates online. Oh, man, that was a great showcase for Carmelo Hayes. 10 minutes against Finn Balor's a great showcase. Yeah, that's a, that's a great showcase, man. Holy shit. I could shit out a better fucking showcase in 10 minutes. I'm a fan of Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is ready. I don't need a match with Finn Balor to know Carmelo Hayes is ready. I don't need to fucking have Carmelo Hayes make his main roster debut to know that he's ready. I watch NXT, believe it or not, weekly. I know how good Carmelo Hayes is. I've watched Carmelo Hayes the last two years grow up on NXT. I watched Carmelo Hayes make his black and gold debut in a throwback with Kurt Angle and John Cena, but he did it with Adam Cole on black and gold. I seen it. I knew he was going to be one of the guys to lead that brand. I don't need him on the main roster losing 
in 10 minutes to Finn Balor as the world champion of NXT. I don't. Now, the match itself was fine. Balor won clean. We'll get to that in a second because that's all anybody's taking away from this match. Balor won clean. Balor immediately tackled Hayes. Hayes came back with a drop kick and a beautiful looking uh, leg drop, a backwards leg drop. Calls it the fall away or the fade away. The fade away leg drop. Yes, I know him means the guy. Yes, I get it. Balor was on offense. He started to fight back. Did Hayes with some punches, clothesline, springboard clothesline for a two. All signature moves of Carmelo here. Balor came back with a clothesline of his own. He turned Hayes inside out. Balor followed with some stomps, a sling blade. Hayes came back with a super kick, a springboard DDT. Balor blocked a kick, hit a gut buster, shotgun drop kick, coup de grace, and that was it. Wow, man, the way that I described it, holy shit. I mean, this match is going to rival Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay from Forbidden Door on Sunday night, the way people were talking about it. Oh, it's a great showcase. Oh, it's a great showcase. A great showcase. What, what happened in this match? What happened in this match that you're going to be talking about tomorrow at school or at the water cooler, at work, or at lunch with your co-worker, who's also a professional wrestling fan. Who, who, who are you going to be talking about this match with tomorrow? What, what, what did you watch in this match that is going to be overly dissected by some analyst tomorrow? What happened here? Or am I missing the fucking plot hole here? A great showcase would be a vignette setting this man up for a proper main roster debut. I said this in the open. Carmelo Hayes had absolutely zero business getting involved with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, as did Braun Breaker. WWE is trying to manufacture something that makes sense here, and it doesn't make sense. It falls flat on its face. Braun Breaker and Seth Rollins didn't make any sense. Carmelo Hayes getting involved with Seth Rollins also didn't make any sense. And now WWE is just churning their wheels because they need ratings on Tuesday night because they have TV rights negotiations coming up and they would rather they would rather NXT remain on Tuesday night on USA Network. That's why they're doing what they're doing. So they're using these guys to further their own agenda while everything that they're doing, storyline-wise, presenting to us doesn't make any sense. It is very simple, guys. Most of you have been with me for quite a long time. You know what I like and what I don't like. You know. There are things that I stand for. There are things that I let go and I sweep under the rug to maybe talk about them at a later date. I keep tabs on things that happen over and over and over again. And I see if WWE follows the same fucking formula every single time one of these situations comes up. One of the things I can't stand is that when champions are on TV, especially in WWE, whether it's main roster or whether it's NXT. I can't stand when a world champion or a champion loses in a non-title match every single fucking time they did a championship contenders match. I ripped it to shreds. The champion should not have to put the title on the line or wrestle in a TV match 
The champion should not have to wrestle in a TV match for the challenger to beat them to get a championship title match at a later date. The challenger should win against other people in their same division and then get a championship match by accumulating wins. That's the way it works. We don't beat the champion to give the challenger a fucking title match at a later date. The champion is the champion because they are the best. The champion is the champion because they won matches to get there. You wipe that all away by having them lose in a non-title match and you make them appear and feel less than. They don't feel like a champion. They feel like a loser. I have, I have complained about this for years, years. And you want to sit there and claim that I'm complaining. No, it's not a complaint. It's a valid criticism of the WWE product. And it's right up Vince and Bruce Pritchard's alley. Because this is what they do. Do you want to see Gunther lose a non-title match? Ask yourself that question. Do you want to see Gunther lose a non-title match? Yeah, we're going to find out who Gunther's next opponent is. If this guy can beat him, and if he beats him, he gets a match at the pay-per-view. Gunther is not setting records and breaking records and having the best intercontinental title reign of all time because he lost a few matches along the way. Do you want Gunther to lose a fucking match non-title on TV? The answer is no. Would you want Roman Reigns to lose a non-title match on TV? WWE would never do such a thing, ever. Roman Roman barely wrestles, never mind fucking defending the title. Do you want Seth Rollins to lose in a non-title TV match as world champion? Do you want MJF to lose in a non-title TV match on AEW television? How about Orange Cassidy? Would Orange Cassidy, would Tony Khan really book Orange Cassidy to lose a non-title international championship match? Your criticisms are wrong. Your opinions are wrong. You can have an opinion, but that's not going to fucking deter me from deter me from calling your opinion shit. You're not smart. You don't know jack shit about the fucking business. If you did, you'd be molding your own fucking podcast in the community that we call the IWC, and you'd be telling others exactly what you think should happen. I don't see that happening. So when I tell you exactly the valid criticism that it is, you want to throw it in my face. It might not be a big deal to you because you don't give a shit. You don't want a better product. I do. I value wins and losses. I value champions on TV. World champions. World champions should not be losing. Your favorite UFC fighter is not going into the fucking octagon to have a non-title championship match for the challenger to beat him to then put the title on the line at fucking UFC 601 three months later. Give me a break. How could we have avoided this tonight? I don't know. Maybe Carmelo Hayes didn't need to be involved in in this nonsensical bullshit. Maybe we take Carmelo Hayes and value the fucking champion that he's trying to become on TV. Balor was already in the title match. Finn Balor was already given 
a title match at Money in the Bank. The match was made two weeks ago. He's already attacked Seth Rollins. He brought out that evil Balor. He's had momentum. What more does he need when he's already been given the world title match against Seth Rollins? The match is signed, sealed, and delivered. What more does he need going into the pay-per-view on Saturday? People are claiming, oh, he got momentum going into the title match. But he's already got the fucking title match. The match is signed. The fuck are you talking about? Oh, Carmelo has had a great showcase. What great showcase? He lost. He's the NXT champion. If I'm looking at this, oh, that's the NXT champion. Oh, he's the he's the guy. He's him. He didn't look like him tonight. He lost. Carmelo Hayes, loser. How about not booking the match at all? How about not booking the match at all? That would have made Carmelo look good. Doesn't Carmelo have a title match on Tuesday night? Doesn't he wrestle Baron Corbin? Doesn't he put the title on the line against Baron Corbin? So now he's going into a title match against Baron Corbin as a loser. No, but Finn Balor needed the momentum. And Carmelo Hayes had a great showcase match. Bullshit. You guys want to think everything is so great. You're going to forget this match by the time Money in the Bank comes. What great showcase. He didn't do anything here that I haven't seen on NXT. He didn't fucking wow me. I knew exactly what we were going to get. Oh, he wrestled a former Universal Champion. He He wrestled a former World Champion on the main roster. Bullshit. Bullshit. Those are invalid excuses. That's the dumbed-down fucking dummy excuse. Oh, but Balor's a former world champion. I'm sorry. Anybody that he would have been in the ring with would have been a former fucking world champion. Why did it need to be tonight, and why did it need to be against Finn Balor, who's already the number one contender, who also himself can't lose before the pay-per-view? No matter how you want to look at it, None of it made sense. None of it. Now, I also have people claiming, oh, well, Charlotte Flair got called up to the main roster and she lost to Natalia on her debut night. You're really comparing Charlotte Flair, the woman who's basically been handed the keys to the kingdom, who could do no wrong, who basically is fucking gold to this company. You're comparing Carmelo Hayes who's five foot eight, 180 pounds, Carmelo Hayes. You're comparing Carmelo Hayes to Charlotte Flair. You genuinely think Carmelo Hayes is going to be treated better or on the same level of a fucking Charlotte Flair? Oh, but Charlotte lost her debut match. This is the type of fucking stupidity that I got to look at on my mentions on Twitter. Champions shouldn't lose. If you are a world champion, if you are a intercontinental or a United States champion, you should not lose unless you are set to lose that championship. Now, if Carmelo Hayes was getting a showcase match here tonight against Finn Balor and he wasn't the champion, then I wouldn't be sitting here ranting for about 10 minutes. But he's the world champion. Start respecting your fucking champions and start treating them better. This shit sucks, and it was the wrong decision. You want him on the show? Don't book him in this match. 
he didn't need to be booked on this show to begin with. Vince did it on purpose. And the last time an NXT champion made the main roster with the world title, the guy, Cross, carrying Cross, lost in three minutes. Oh, but he made the main roster. Oh, everybody knows who Cross is. Yeah, they know who he is. He's a fucking loser. Kathy Kelly interviewed Cody Rhodes, who was in the back with his dog. Rhodes enjoyed his chats with Kathy Kelly. And he's talking about Dominic. He looks forward to the day they're not talking about Dominic and Rhea. He says he wishes he could sit amongst the fans and boo himself because he's really gotten under his skin. He says it's a skill. He said at Money in the Bank, Dom won't have Balor, Ripley, or Priest to help him. He says they'll find out what Dom has. Main event, Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest. This is the main event of Monday Night Raw. And Priest, Cody, had a decent main event here. Really uh, nothing all that surprising. Went about 14 minutes. And right after a commercial break, Priest hits a flatliner right before we go to a commercial break. Priest in control, hits a falcon arrow. Priest turned Rhodes inside out with a clothesline. Priest went to the top. Rhodes ran up there with his broken arm. He's fucking flying around in there with his broken arm, man. Cody Rhodes. He brought him down with an arm drag. Cody Rhodes is hitting body jabs, a power slam. He jumps off the rope for a disaster kick. More jabs, a bionic elbow. Wow, man, I never seen anybody with a broken arm do all this shit without flinching in pain. It's amazing, man. It's really a fucking unbelievable miracle of Cody Rhodes. Priest blocked the figure four. He had a headlock driver for two. Priest then blocked the crossroads. So Cody hit a pedigree instead. Priest rolled out to the outside. And Rhodes hits a super kick. Ripley distracted the referee. Dom tripped Rhodes and Priest followed with a choke slam, south of heaven choke slam for a near fall. Dominic tried distracting the referee, but Rhodes slipped out of a razor's edge attempt and pushed Priest into Dom, who was standing on the apron. Knocking him off the apron, Rhodes followed with a Cody cutter and a crossroads for the one, two, three. After the match, Dominic hit Rhodes from behind and immediately ran away and fled up the aisleway with the rest of Judgment Day. Crowd booed. Dominic was hiding behind Rhea Ripley and Priest, and Rhodes stared them down as the show went off the air. Fine main event for what it was, man. Uh, I, 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 I don't care. I, I don't care to see Judgment Day feuding with Cody. I don't care about Cody and Dominic. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just lame. It, it feels so forced. It feels so forced, this Cody and Dominic feud. Now, I know it's just biding Cody's time before we get to SummerSlam and a third match with Lesnar, but, I mean, give me a break, man. This is just not good television. It's not. If you thought Monday Night Raw was good television, man, take the fucking blinders off and see the show for what it really is. Unimaginative, lame, lazy, vanilla, formulaic, unexciting, bland writing. There's nothing exciting coming off this show. Nothing. Nothing. 
Oh, but Carmelo Hayes is on the show. That's how they get you. Oh, look, youth. Carmelo Hayes lost as world champion. Some youth. Then we got Gunther versus Sami Zayn. Fine, great. Why would anybody expect them to have a bad match? Cody and Dominic, lame. Women's Money in the Bank Summit, lame. Champa and The Miz, lame. Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders, lame. Please tell me something on this show that's worth anything, worth anything of my time. The more this happens, the more we move on through the rest of the year, Vince is going to continuously make these shows worse. And when the company is closer to being sold, that's it. That's it. We're going right back to what we did before June of 2022. That's what scares me the most. You guys ain't ready for that shit, and neither am I. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into the Super Chats and then call it a night here on the podcast. I really appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. If you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed the live stream, I would really appreciate you guys hit that thumbs up. Try for 1,000 likes minimum today on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And go check out all the other videos you might have missed on the channel. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off. Free shipping. Get yourself ready for the summer, man. Hasn't really felt like summer, though. I'll tell you that. A lot of rain, a lot of clouds, no sun. Hasn't felt like summer yet to me. But Manscaped is ready to ensure that you and your body are ready for the summer, man. Don't be that guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair. And if you grew some winter mantis, at least you could do the job and make them hairless. Get ready for the summer, guys. Manscaped.com. Performance Package 4.0 comes with the essential Lawn Mower 4.0, a waterproof cordless body trimmer, tons of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine, such as the Crop Preserver, their Ball Deodorant, and their Crop Reviver, their Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful it can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Also, the Weed Whacker 2.0. Make sure those nose hairs don't survive the summer, man. And also, you're going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value. And the patented high-performance reducing chafing Manscaped boxers. Also, Manscaped is promoting their Shears 2.0 nail kit. If you guys are going to be wearing those sandals, man, make sure you your guys' uh, nails are, are looking good. You don't want to look like fucking... Uh, Schmeagle out there. Don't. 20% off free shipping. Code script20 at checkout. That's 20% off and free shipping with code script20 at manscaped.com. Make sure you guys get ready for the summer with Manscaped.
Emerald Lord. Thank you for the recommitment, brother, for 15 months. He says, OTS for life. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Cat in the hat is the new suffering succotash. It wasn't that bad, Michelle, but the fact that Vince has got Cody out there referencing Cat in the Hat is not uh, is not a good look. Michelle also with a $2 super chat. Sammy looked good versus Gunther. Too bad he lost. Again, reckless with their champions. D-Man 70 with a 499. I tapped out to WWE JD after watching Forbidden Door. Appreciate you and Tony Khan for bringing my passion back to professional wrestling. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, D-Man. Forbidden Door was great. For Zit with a 199. Whoa! Osprey, Omega match of the year. Yes. Yes. I would say so. It's going to be a toss up between that and MJF Danielson at Revolution in the one hour Iron Man match. Jason Barker with a $50 super chat. Thank you, brother. Having your NXT champion lose clean in an unadvertised match on Raw before his title defense tomorrow, NXT is definitely a choice. Even with Finn Balor versus Carmelo Hayes being solid, what good did it do for Melo? Nothing. It did nothing for Melo. Especially if Finn is losing on Saturday. Thank you for the 50 spot, brother. Appreciate you. Paul Van Tassel with a 30 months. Becky Lynch and EO Sky are my choices to win the women's Money in the Bank. Damian Priest and LA Knight are my choices for the men's Money in the Bank. Yeah, I'm going with LA Knight and EO Sky. Those are my predicted winners. They should be the winners. Sean Ray J with a five. Wish I could get my three hours back. Vince has taken all happiness I had from last summer. We're screwed literally until the workers grow balls or he dies. Sadly, you are correct, Sean. Uh, El Masse with a $10 super jet. Who goes first, Vince or Triple H? I feel Vince will outlive us, even Tony Khan. Bro, Vince is going to live another 20 years. Easy. Vince will live off all of the hatred that everybody has for him. And then his life will be celebrated as if he was some fucking saint. Hula Grim with 31 months in the OTS venue. Thank you, brother. I just want to say if OTS didn't exist and I hadn't found you in the channel, I have no idea how I'd get through life's bullshit. Truly, I thank you. OTS forever. Hula Grim, I... I'm very lucky to have you here, brother. Not the other way around. Jonathan Bordeaux with two months. To quote V1 from OSW on current WWE and Vince's mindset. You don't like what you think you like. However, you will like what I tell you to like. Sounds about right. You will like what I tell you to like is absolutely the way that they think. 
Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. Man, to go from Forbidden Door to this, at least we have Dynamite at Fight Forever this week. Is it Wednesday yet? Yeah, man. What a letdown, huh? I'll be streaming Fight Forever on Thursday afternoon, man. We're going to have a big blowout stream on Thursday afternoon. Tay-Tay with a 499. Melo losing to Balor confirms that NXT was never taken seriously. And WWE expects us to accept it as the third brand again. They don't give a fuck about NXT, man. Chris with two S's with 11 months. What's up, JD? 11 months is a VIP. Love what you do. Currently battling with depression. A new show helps me out. Thank you for being you, brother. Chris, get well, man. Thank you for being here. John 10 with one month. Some big-time favoritism from AEW and their media department, man. That's all I'll say. Krauser with a $2 super chat. New update to PGO to increase your spawn reach. I have no idea. What the fuck is that? But PGO? What the fuck is that? What are you talking about, Krauser? David, thank you again for the $100 bomb, brother. Appreciate you being here in the beer garden. Christy Wilson with a 499. It's going to take a miracle to get Vince out of WWE. Yes, death. Macho Maniac with a five. It would make me sick to my stomach to work for Vince McMahon. I can't see how that roster is fine pretending he did nothing wrong and come in weekly. Nobody will ever say anything to him. Doughboy Games with a 199. I'm back from vacation. Keep up the good work, JD. Thank you, Doughboy. Hopefully your vacation was good and the cold beverages, they were plenty. D-Man with a 199. AEW is a real wrestling promotion. Basic for the 499. Cody quoted Cat in the Hat. Reigns quoted Sylvester suffering succotash. Guess our champs have a thing for cartoons. Sarit Mohanty with three months. How the hell Kevin Patrick is still doing play-by-play? Why are they not replacing him with Jeremy Borash, who's been working backstage since the summertime? Or since uh, sometime? I don't know, man. Um, I don't even want Borash in that position. All I know is I don't want... I don't want... um, Kevin Patrick at the play-by-play position anymore. Part of the reason why this show sucks is because he's on commentary. Peter Gaymore with a $5 super chat. Welcome back, Gaymore. Hi, JD. Still safe up here. Omos has been busy protecting me from the forest fires. What a man. I'm glad you're safe, Peter Gaymore. 
Give Omos my well wishes, bro. Oh, Pokemon Go. Oh. New update to Pokemon Go to increase your spawn reach. Really? Okay. I'm looking forward to Mega Tyranitar and Mega Sableye coming this week. Or this month, rather. Um, Peter Gaymore, thank you, brother. Holy Devil within eight months. JD, I'm a big fan, and I love how real you are. Thank you, Holy Devil. The reason you love me is the reason why several hate me as well, so... Appreciate you being here, man. Joseph King with 17 months. Jay White is the man to end Orange Cassidy's international championship reign. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Peter Gaymore with two more Super Chats. No Omas. This whole Trish and Ice Cold Zoe Stark versus Becky story needs to end yesterday. Just awful, awful television. Peter Gaymore, I absolutely agree, brother. I was looking forward to it. I was thinking maybe it's going to help Zoe. It hasn't done jack shit. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. We all know that Vince is 100% back in charge when the mighty Omas is back on television. OTS for life. I think the reason why Omas is not on television is because he got married and went on his honeymoon. If I'm not mistaken. Dom Wapo with a 499. Getting bad deja vu with Carmelo losing just like Cross did when he was champion and lost to Jeff Hardy. And you are not wrong for thinking that, man. You are not wrong for thinking that way and feeling that way. Phil with a 499. If Balor won dirty, then Melo would have had a reason to get back at Balor when he officially gets called up. But Melo losing clean wasn't right. Yeah. Baron Corbin could have interfered. Something. We got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Russell Wagner with 20 months. JD, I'm sure you know this, but you got to call the Briscoes last match. What a sad but special deal. Absolutely, man. We got to call. We got to call uh, Jay Briscoe's final match, man. Yeah, in House of Glory with the uh, main event. My guys, Minus Black and Jay Lyon against Mark and Jay Briscoe. Two out of three false tag team title match in December. And Phil with another 999. JD, thanks for everything you do. I've been going through it with my family issues as of late, and your show has given me a reason to continue fighting. I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Thank you, Phil. Listen, man, I'm going through some family problems myself, brother. It's never easy. Uh, this is my outlet to just come on here and just kind of be free and do and say what I need to. My gaming is also an escape, man. I spent several hours on uh, on Destiny 2 every single day. I was actually playing on uh, my iPad on remote play for uh, a little bit on the couch while I was watching Raw. But 
I appreciate you, Phil. Thank you so much, man. Anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here. That's all I got for you on this Monday night. I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. Next time you see me, we'll probably be in the sub boxes tomorrow. Next time you see me live, we'll be with Jesse on Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite. And the fallout from the Forbidden Door. TM28 with a $5 super chat. My hero, Cody Rhodes, is so big and strong. I know now that if I ever break my arm, I can keep pushing forward and do anything. I love Rhodes. Whoa! Man, these late-minute drunks, these last-minute drunks coming into the fucking venue, man. Can't stand them. Oh, Jay, yes, yes, yes. How could I forget, man? I'm so fucking tired. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Tomorrow, Tuesday Night Titans. We'll be live with Andrew Baydella. Tuesday night, live. Tomorrow night, episode three. We got a lot to talk about, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. And please, we need 65 more likes for 1,000. If you can hit that thumbs up, I would really appreciate it if you guys help me out there. And it helps out the video and helps out the channel. Until tomorrow. I will see you guys live on TNT Episode 3, JD and Andrew Bay Dalla, Tuesday Night Titans. See you guys tomorrow.